0: Well, good morning, everyone. Uh, Good morning, everyone at The Crossing. It's good to be back. Thanks for having me back. Uh, Again, if you haven't met me, my name is Brian. I'm the pastor at Living Stones. And I send greetings from our church, grace and peace to you from the Lord Jesus Christ. So today, I'm just going to jump into our passage today. Um, Our passage today comes from Ephesians chapter 6, verses uh, 10 to 12. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Please pray with me. Jesus, we are so grateful that you are the risen Lord. We thank you, Lord, that you... Um, have conquered the most powerful forces in this world. But Lord, we confess that we still need you. We confess that we are dependent on you. And so this morning, as we come to gather to to, to worship you, as we come to gather on your word with your people, even virtually, we pray, Lord, that you would minister to our hearts and souls. Help us, Lord, to continue to live in this pandemic um, as people who are loved by you, Lord, who are empowered by you. We pray this in the mighty name of Jesus Christ, Amen. So, um, I want to ask you guys, what have I told you that every day when you sit down to eat, there is a war going on over your dinner plate, right? What have I told you? There's a war going over your dinner plate. Now, if you have never met me, uh, this is, might be new to you. But if you know me, uh, you know that I, I love to eat. Okay, I love to eat, and one of the things I love about living here in the Bay Area is that there's just so many choices, right? So many things that I can choose to eat, right? I can uh, eat pork dumplings or I can eat a California burrito, right? I can eat organic avocados or a trans fatty double cheeseburger from Wendy's, okay? I I love all the things that that I can eat, okay? And maybe that's what you love to do too, okay? But what if I told you that every time we sit down to eat, that we actually have far less choice than we think we have? Right. That the, that the dinner plate is actually one of the most contested battlefields in our country. Because every year, every year, billions and billions of dollars are spent between competing food industries fighting to get on your plate. Right. There's a war going over your plate. Some want to be labeled healthy and organic. Others want to get subsidized so they can be, you know, dirt cheap because we all love, you know, cheap food at the end of the day. Right and still others want to be part of the latest fad, right? Remember when it was all about you know, a balanced diet, remember that? Then it was like, eat your veggies like Popeye. Then it was like, how a milk does a body good. But now, like dairy's bad, gluten's bad, and I'm not sure, are we supposed to eat more protein or, or more a plant-based diet, right? It's just confusing, right? There's a war, there's a war going on, right? There's a war going on, we are in a war. That war isn't just going on in your mind, okay? whenever you think about what to eat, what to buy for your family. But there is an even bigger war going on around us between the powers that be over what ends up on our plate too, right? We are in a war. And as we look at our passage today, that is the message of the scriptures, okay? We are in a war, an invisible war, but a war much bigger than we realize. But guys, this war is not a food war, but a spiritual war, right? We are in a spiritual war, a spiritual war over how you've been living in this pandemic, a spiritual war being waged in the heavenly realms over whose purposes are accomplished here on earth. And even this morning, even this morning, as you woke up, think of all the things that happened between your first waking moments until now, right? All that stuff, all the decisions that you've made and didn't make have been in the context of a larger spiritual war. Now, I know some of you may, maybe are already getting a little uncomfortable, right? Because how many religious leaders have used the language of spiritual warfare to scare people or to manipulate to manipulate people to do to do bad things? Or trust me, I know I've been in those contexts. And in the context of all the, the the racism and awareness that we have now, right, it's sickening to learn how how often the, the the language of spiritual war has been used to justify racism, colonialism, culture war. Right. So I get I get our reticence sometimes around the language of spiritual war. Right? But first let me say this idea, right? This idea of spiritual warfare, that's not for me, right? I, I didn't come up with this concept. It's coming from the scriptures okay it's coming from the scriptures but second please hear me out right i want to ask you today to hear me out and then afterwards you can decide if what i'm saying today is if i'm being manipulative or if what i'm saying comports with the truth all right if it comports with the truth so we are in a war okay we are in a war however god tells us that this war or the struggle is not against flesh and blood okay This is not a struggle against flesh and blood. And guys, this is super, super important because this is where so many people, this is where so many of us go astray, right? Our struggle is not against other people. It's not against flesh and blood, but it is against rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Okay, it is against the rulers, authorities, and powers of this dark world. Now, we can do a deep dive into, like, what do all these different labels mean, okay? Uh, some scholars uh, believe it's, we're, uh, Paul's talking here about different ranks of demonic powers, sort of like, you know, in the military, there's different ranks. Others think that Paul's drawing on the, the widely held belief, and it's still held by a lot of people around the world today, that every region, every country, every city, every locale is ultimately under the control of some local deity or some local demon. Okay, but they all are sort of saying the same thing that there are there is a force out there, okay? There's a force out there, and then we are in a war against it, right? We are in a war, but our struggle is not against flesh and blood, it's not against other human beings, but against the dark powers of this world. It is against the devil and his army of liars. Okay, we are in a war, but it is not a struggle against flesh and blood. And again. This is so important, right? This is so important. It is so important to know who we're fighting against, who our enemy is, right? That's so important because as Dave Lomas once said, unless you fight against the right enemy, you'll end up fighting for the enemy. Let me repeat that, okay? Let me repeat that. Let me make that big. Unless you fight against the right enemy, you'll end up fighting for the enemy all right, you will become an unwitting soldier in the enemy's schemes. So let me give you an example. Let me give an example. Uh, my wife and I, okay. My wife and I, we've gotten into, yeah, I might say a few arguments during this pandemic. We'll get a few, right. <laughs> or more. Um, and, and so in the heat of battle, right in the heat of battle, who do you think I I, I treated as the enemy? Who do you think I saw as the enemy? guess just say it out loud her right I thought she was the enemy she's wrong she must understood me she hurt me she needs to change okay now I know of course all you married couples none of you guys can relate right I know like everyone's telling me the pandemic has done wonders for their marriage everything's fine everything's gotten better okay but but at least for me okay at least for me I struggled against her I battled against her and she battled with me but guys isn't this reminiscent of the very first spiritual battle ever recorded in the scriptures right what was the first casualty of spiritual war in the battle it was a marriage it was a marriage right when god called a man to account and what did he do he turned on his wife well eve you did it first And then Eve's looking around like, well, you're never around, right? They thought their struggle was against flesh and blood. But guys, who was the real enemy, right? Who was the real enemy? It was the serpent, right? It was the serpent, not each other, but the serpent. The serpent was the true enemy. But in turning on each other, who won? Who won? Adam. Eve, no, the serpent. In turning on each other, the serpent won. When they battled each other, the serpent won, and their marriage lost. And look, look how their kids turned out, right? Look how we turned out. Unless you fight against the right enemy, you'll end up fighting for the enemy. Let me give you another uh, another example. Um, In the wake of last month's, let's call it what it is, rampage in Georgia, the gunning down of people, virtually all women in uh, Asian spas in Atlanta, you know, part of the news coverage was the plastering the shooter's face all over the news, right? All over social media. Some of you guys probably saw it too, right? And I really hated that. I really hated that they put this guy's face all over everywhere, right? For a bunch of reasons. For one, for one, it can turn him into a hero. It can turn the shooter into a hero and inspire copycats to do the same thing. Two, what I didn't like is that it made him the center of the story, right? It made this guy the center of the story, rather than the women and the, and the one guy, the victims, who lost their lives. It made him the center. But there's a third reason why I wish they hadn't plastered his picture everywhere. <laughs> and that reason is because in plastering his picture everywhere, it made us want to hate right? And made us want to hate him by putting his picture everywhere, by making him the focal point and made us want to hate him and wish bad things on him. And for a lot of us, for a lot of us who feel very close to the situation, who, who maybe have experienced racialized trauma, it makes us not only want to hate him, but maybe, let's be honest, hate all people that he reminds us of too. Right, hate all people that look like him too. Let's be honest. Right? Plastering this picture everywhere makes us want to hate him. But guys, is that from God or is that from the devil? Alright, is that from the Lord? Is that from the devil? If I return hate with hate, who wins? Alright, if I grab a gun and resort to violence too, who wins? If this morning I came here to whip you guys all up into a frenzy to retaliate against him and all those who, who, who remind us uh, who, who he reminds us of, all who look like him, who wins? Right, who wins? We don't win. Those victims certainly don't win. And certainly not the kingdom of God. Right? Who wins? The devil. Right? The evil one. The Satan. The one, Jesus says, comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. That's who wins. Right? Whenever we use hate, even in the service of justice, it destroys them, whoever them is. But that hate, that hate also destroys us. Right? You ever hate someone, it destroys you too. And when that destroys both of us, who wins? The devil. The devil wins. And you know what the worst thing is, guys? The worst thing? We unwittingly help him win. Right? We end up getting played. Right? Don't, kids, don't get played. Right? Don't, I, I just name the sermon, don't get played. Don't get played by the devil. Do not get played. Our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the invisible powers behind flesh and blood. The powers that poison and manipulate flesh and blood for its own purposes. Okay, now, does this shooter need to face justice? yes absolutely right justice is right justice is biblical justice is how we affirm that the lives of these women matter that the lives of asian women matter and have dignity and worth right that's justice matters don't get me wrong but the enemy the enemy guys is not flesh and blood the enemy is not the shooter right it's not the shooter who is the enemy who is the enemy the enemies are the demonic powers and beliefs that lurk behind the shooter. that come to steal, kill, and destroy. Right? That's who the enemy is. It is the powers, the dark powers, the dark powers that fuel sexual addiction. Okay? Yes, the false promise of sex. But it is also the powers that fuel racism. The false religion of racial hierarchy. The, the powers that fuel de- the misogyny, the dehumanization of women. That's the enemy, guys. Right? That's the true enemy. Right, the powers uh, 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 of the false idols of sex, racial hierarchy, and the dehumanization of women—that's the enemy. Which, by the way, which, by the way, can be present in any of us too. Right? It can—it's present in the, in the in the 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 shooter, but it can be present in any of us. I think it's uh, Alexander Solzhenitsyn who once said, "The line separating good and evil passes through not states nor between classes." nor between political parties either, but right through every human heart. The line separating good and evil doesn't separate between us and them, but it cuts right through every human heart. And guys, this is not a popular view. This is not a popular view, but racism and misogyny are bad for people like this guy too. Racism and misogyny are bad for victims, but it's also bad for victimizers. Because while oppression destroys victims... It erodes the humanity and corrupts the soul of victimizers too. And read the Bible. It subjects them to judgment. Right? And we both lose. Right? All these powers make us both lose. And when we all lose, who wins? The devil. Right? The devil wins. The devil wins. Who comes to only steal, kill, and destroy. Plus, You know, you you put this one guy behind bars, right? This one bad apple behind bars, which we should again, right? As long as as we can put one guy, one bad apple behind bars, but as long as a true enemy is still out there, stuff like this is going to happen again, right? It's going to happen again and again and again and again. right, guys, our our society, the story of our society is a story of a society that's really good at putting away bad apples, but not so good. At putting away the true enemy. That's why history is constantly repeating itself. Right? Jesus was anti-violence. But he wasn't anti-war. Right? You get that. Let me repeat that. Jesus was anti-violence. But he wasn't anti-war. Throughout his entire ministry. Even up to the cross. Jesus did battle. But his battle was not with people. His battle was with the evil that poisoned people's hearts and minds. Relationships and institutions. The shadow that lurked behind people. That's thats who he did battle with. right? Jesus loved people. All right, guys, we are his creation. He has come to seek and save the lost. Jesus loved people. But he came to destroy the enemy. He came to destroy the enemy. So that he could set people like you and me. And even our enemies free. Right? Unless you fight against the right enemy you'll end up fighting for the enemy. And so how do we resist the schemes of the devil? Right? How do we resist the schemes of the evil one? How do we stand against his attempts to destroy the relationships in our family and in our society? Right? How do we stand against the devil's schemes to pull us towards the false gods of the Bay Area, the gods that keep telling us that we need more, more, and more, that we need to keep up with our neighbors? How do we stand against this attempts to to draw us into sin? How do we stand against this attempts to, to make us bored with the things of God? Which I think has been one of the hugest spiritual battles for a lot of us during this pandemic, right? How many of us, as this pandemic has dragged out, have become more and more spiritually checked out, right? It starts out with, oh, not another Zoom meeting, right? Oh, it's so hard with all that's going on, right? Which, all legitimate reasons, all legitimate reasons. But eventually... It begins with, you know, being zoomed out, being disengaged with meetings, to becoming disengaged with God, right? That, that guys, that is a spiritual battle. And how do we resist? How do we resist all that? Well, I believe there is a time and place for supernatural intervention, casting out demons, healing, prophetic intervention, right? Jesus did all those things. And I bet some of you uh, have experienced those things. But you know, it's interesting that the vast majority of the time when the New Testament teaches us how to resist the devil, that's actually not the primary focus, right? Supernatural intervention is not the primary uh, focus. Instead, usually we are called to do three things, three things that we're asked to do. To ask, to pray, and to fight, right? To ask, pray, and fight. Let me spell this out for us. First, we are told to ask. We are told to ask is whenever there's a situation, ask, is there a darker power at work here? All right, Peter uh, says in First Peter 5.8, he says, be alert and of sober mind. Your enemy, the devil prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. Right. Is the enemy lurking behind the tall grasses of the circumstances? And if he is, what's he up to? What does he want? And how's that different? than what God wants and so for example if I'm in the midst of a conflict where is the enemy hoping to steer this conflict versus what does God want or if I'm feeling down and empty inside how might the enemy be trying to manipulate my thoughts and feelings versus what does God want me to do with them or if I find myself reacting out of fear or anxiety you know is that from God or the evil one when I'm reacting Is the evil one trying to use my darkest but most powerful impulses within me and use those things against me and God's desires? Right? Where is this coming from? Be alert and of sober mind. Ask, ask, is there a darker power at work here? Right? Let's not unwittingly fall into the devil's schemes. Second, pray. Okay? Pray. Pray for discernment and strength. Pray for discernment and strength. Because even when we ask, you know, wh- whose power is really at work here, sometimes we, we, we don't know, right? We need spiritual discernment. Sometimes we cannot figure it out on our own. We need discernment from God. Or we do know, right? We, we know where this is coming from. We know we should do it, but we're afraid to do it, right? Or it's Jesus once said, the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. You know, in this passage in Spiritual Warfare, it should be no surprise that paul calls us in verse 18 to pray right to pray to pray in the spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests with this in mind be alert and always keep on praying for all the lord's people right pray ask what power is really at work here and then pray pray for discernment and strength right guys i cannot tell you how big of a difference is made how big of a difference is made When I was in the middle of some difficult conversation, maybe with someone in my family, someone I work with, and instead of immediately reacting, which I usually want to do, right, and maybe even making things worse, I prayed. It made a huge difference. Or in this pandemic, sometimes the only thing or the only way I've been able to shake off the demons of fear, discouragement, selfishness, and frankly, just laziness sometimes, was through prayer. Right? Prayer has made such a big difference. And notice the Bible doesn't just say pray for uh, yourself, but let's pray for each other. be alert and always keep on praying for all the Lord's people. All right? We are in a war, it's a spiritual war and spiritual warfare requires spiritual weapons and prayer is one of uh, one of our most powerful weapons. So ask, pray, and then lastly, fight. Right? Fight. Fight to do righteousness and love. Fight to do righteousness and love. Fight to do God's will. And if you don't know what God's will is, when in doubt, choose righteousness and love. Right, That's what he means when he tells us to put on the full armor of God. To gear up and to fight to do righteousness and love. Now, remember though, we're not fighting people. Right? We're not fighting people, we're not fighting flesh and blood. We are fighting the enemy's influence on our fleshly desires. We are fighting against the enemy's influence on the systems on the world. We're fighting the enemy's influence on, on, on other people, right. We are fighting the pull to unwittingly become used in the enemy's schemes, right We are not fighting people. we're fighting against the true enemy. right We are fighting the pull to unwittingly become used in the devil's schemes, right? But it is a fight. Right? It is a fight. it is a struggle. You know sometimes I think even I've told like people around me in my church and I've given people the impression, you know if we just prayed enough, if we were just closer to God, then doing righteousness and love, it'd be easy. right? It'd be effortless. But guys, there is just no way that could be true. There's no way that can be true because if even Jesus himself had to battle the temptations in the desert. If Jesus himself had to battle loneliness and doubt in the Garden of Gethsemane, if Jesus himself had to battle with the powers of evil, even on the cross, then who am I? Who am I to think that doing righteousness and love will not be a struggle for me? When I step back and look, it is a struggle, guys. It is a struggle to worship God instead of the gods of Silicon Valley in the Bay Area. It is a struggle to figure out how to battle racism while still loving racists it is a struggle to fight for our relationships while we are arguing with those very people on the other side of that relationship it is a struggle to choose love even when we're zoomed out we are in a war right and war is never easy if it was a struggle for jesus why would we think it wouldn't be a struggle for us however however The Holy Spirit gave Jesus the strength to resist the devil. And that very same spirit is in us? Then even if choosing righteousness and love is a struggle, the the strength that Jesus had, that's in us too. That strength that Jesus had is in us too. As 1 John 4, 4 says, The one who is in you is greater than the one who is in the world. Right, guys, we have the greatest power in the universe on our side, the Holy Spirit. So it is hard. It is a struggle, but we have the greatest power in the world on our side. Um, You know, as we close, I want to acknowledge, I want to acknowledge how difficult doing battle in this pandemic has been. I want to acknowledge How, you know, sheltering in place has, how difficult that's been. I want to acknowledge how difficult battling racism and fear has been. And every one of you, every one of you at home right now, you've been battling things that maybe no one else knows about. And so maybe, maybe actually this morning, you're not that surprised to discover that we're in a spiritual war. But know this, know this, that while the battle is hard, we already know how the war ends. While the battle is hard, we already know how the war ends. You know, on the cross, Jesus already took out the devil's greatest weapon, death. He already took away his greatest weapon, and Jesus proved it by rising 3 days later from the dead. And one day we know that Jesus will return to complete his victory. He will complete his victory against brokenness, addiction, and doubt. He will complete his victory against racism and poverty. He will complete his victory against sickness and death. He will complete his victory against the evil one. And so as we go on from here, asking, praying, and fighting. Let's ask, pray, and fight with hope. Because while the battle is hard, we already know how the war ends. Please pray with me. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, we thank you that you love us. But we also thank you that you protect us. We thank you, Lord, that your strength is within us. And we thank you, Lord, that you are fighting an invisible war that's going on around us. But not only that, you've equipped us by your love. You've equipped us by your power to fight in your army against the evil one and his schemes. Lord, as we go back into our lives, as we go back into uh, our relationships, as we go into our decisions and our temptations, grant us your strength. Grant us your perspective. And Lord, grant us the willingness to fight for righteousness and love. We thank you, Jesus, that you've already won the war. Help us, Lord, to walk in your victory. We pray this in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.